0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Star Sound Speaks. This is your host Irliana Samsara, and it is February astrology time. So, for those of you who are new to the channel, I practice Hellenistic and a a blend of Hellenistic or traditional astrology blended with modern, and I use whole sign houses. And so, we're going to talk about the February, the astrology for February, in this video. And what I'm going to do is instead of you. there's so much Aquarian energy this month. It's just, it's different. It's, it can feel weird. My hair, I have alfalfa hair sticking up right there. As soon as I said, okay, there's a lot of Aquarian energy and I fluffed my hair. All of a sudden I get, this this is a live coverage of the Aquarian season. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about things in a different way instead of my like typical news report of linear. I'm, I'm going nonlinear in true Aquarian fashion, thinking and working outside the box. So bear with me. I don't know what the I do have notes, so it will hopefully make sense. But anyway, we'll have fun at least. All right. So. Um, What I want to start out with is, first of all, you know, Uranus went direct a few days ago. So now all planets are direct. This is rare window. This is the time to move forward, get things done. I would say, generally speaking, the whole idea, we have so many planets that are moving, about to move into Aquarius. So the sun's in Aquarius, we're going to have a stellium there, and there's a lot of energy, right, about the Aquarian archetype. So I'm gonna take a moment and like talk about what that Aquarian archetype is and why is it so vitally important right now? Well, for one thing, Pluto still at zero degrees, right? He's a a slow dude. He is bearing down on us to say, look and see the next 20 years, what this is gonna look like, our new world. And in the sign, the air sign of Aquarius, it has to do with the mind, the intellect, right? It's it's not the capitalist earthbound Capricorn expression. It's totally different. And it is at zero degrees until February 21st. So, you know, most of the month. The zero degrees, as if you don't know, that is a very considered a critical degree of any sign at zero degrees is giving us this preview so in case of Pluto, it's t- the next 20 years. I'm, we have not seen Pluto in Aquarius when it entered last year. We, we No one on Earth has ever seen Pluto in Aquarius. We're all going through this together because it takes 248 years to move through a sign. And uh, yeah, so that's a big deal. And what's also interesting, too, is this month, let me see. I'm going to pull up the chart here. Um, i got to pull that clock back okay clock now and i'm going to do here's okay so let me pull this up as you can see here this is here's february 1st um we've got this stellium over here in capricorn we have You know, Mercury and Mars battling it out (laughs) and and Venus is also in Capricorn. So this is stellium. The sun is already conjuncted Pluto. You know, that already happened um, last week. Um, And these planets, all three of these are going to be moving in in the month of February, as we can see here. June, first Mercury and then Mars. and, And Venus. Right. Finally, Venus. And so by the time by mid-month, it's gonna be pretty spicy meatball. <laughs> There's a lot of weirdness in the air, bigger than my hair, my alfalfa hair here. <laughs> um and it can be a little freaky scary. Why is that? Well, you're you know, Uranus, I mean, sorry, um Aquarius is the sign of, you know, the the think the the visionary thinker thinking outside the box, breaking with tradition, breaking with the past going into unknown territory and uh, what i want to say about this with pluto being there um here's as you see one two three four four planets and the sun all those entities is expressing the aquarian archetype that's a lot of aquarius right by the time we get to middle of of the month when pluto and pluto when you think about pluto he's kind of like the I Think of him as like this toll gate. It's like all these planets have to pass Pluto as they're entering Aquarius. Pluto's standing there at the border, right? And he's like, Okay, this is the f- you got to remember, this is the first time we're meeting Mercury and Venus. Oh, these are the first planets that are are saying hello to Pluto and Aquarius. This is the first time it didn't happen last year at, z- at zero. Um, when Mercury and Mars and Venus were all in uh, last time they met up with Pluto he was still in Capricorn so this is the first time he's in Aquarius so this is like new ground and so Venus and Mars you know the gang is like hi Pluto oh okay you're you're like totally about a different focus now you know we are now moving we're now in this Aquarian energy and of course one of the first, you know, what's it going to take to be free? What kind of a society are we designing? Um, are we going to be, you know, enslaved by technology or are we going to use it to free ourselves or are we going to even go beyond like what is the real technology? The what's inside of us is <laughs> amazing technology. Um, and with that, um, so each of just to say that each of these planets are going to meet up with Pluto. And Pluto's kind of scary, you know, he's the lord of the underworld. It's natural to kind of feel this month like maybe some freakiness or weirdness or feeling estranged and uncomfortable because, look, let's face it, we see it all around us. AI, you know, the way it's so quickly transforming and radically transforming our landscape. Just today, I found two more video editing software for example I'm like oh my god there's there's all these companies coming out well we will we will edit this we will do that we will do your clips we will and I'm like I feel overwhelmed (laughs) it's like I gotta take a nap I can't even take in this stuff and if you feel that way you're not alone it can make you feel very (laughs) isolated or overwhelmed especially with Pluto and each planet meeting up with Pluto and he's kind of like the let me initiate you in here and are you afraid I don't know. I mean, the first one to go through is is uh, Mercury. And so he's testing our mind. OK, um, hello, Mercury, you're, the mind. Are we oriented toward the future? Are we willing to uh, set our minds and think in terms of the we, not the me? Can we, can we not leave ourselves behind, but think of ourselves in the broader picture of what is benefiting humanity? And so each time these planets will pass through, Mercury, and then Mars, and then Venus, w- these questions are coming up. Mercury, how we think. Mars, how we act. What will it take to be brave and move forward in this rapidly changing world? What, where's our courage? Um, where, how, what kind of goals do we want to set for ourselves? Venus and when she enters and that will be on um like i said around mid-month we have all all of those planets all five in um in the sign of of aquarius well when venus gets there how to love right um what's my concept of intimate relationships um and, and how do i remember venus is the south node ruler and so she is you know it's very easy to to fall back on the past the south node is is typically it relates you know i i like to think of the south node as like the things that you find yourself doing yes you've achieved greatness in past like past lives and accumulated a lot of wisdom in this area but if you continue to lean on that it's like the easy crutch that you go back to old patterns and if you rely on that then you're not going to evolve so the south node ruler venus being the south node ruler is You know do you want to stay comfortable and accommodating everybody are you willing to be brave and step out and speak your truth to have equality it's going to take coming from that direction uh, rather than the old you know what was that saying um peace at all costs you know that that's where we have where we go south but we don't evolve when we cling to those kinds of relationships of peace at all costs so venus and aquarius with that conjunction of Pluto, boy, he's going to rinse that right, you know, he's going to wash that thing right out of her hair, (laughs) you know, and that's good, that's a good thing, because it's really asking us, what is it going to take to be free? Well, with Pluto in the mix so strongly this month with that signature, what's it going to take is really looking honestly at our shadow, Pluto is going to show us the things where we have unconscious patterns about, say, Aquarian things, trauma, isolation, abandonment. So when we face these things and deal with them openly and honestly, we can have those treasures, right? In the Pluto is the wealth of the earth. You know, when you think about reaching in the Aquarian mind when we open and align ourselves and greet our shadow and um, not be afraid of it, you know, move past that Pluto fear, could be like this little initiation, you know, how, how are you afraid? It's okay to be afraid, but this is a time when we can um, reprogram ourselves and we have to, I mean, my goodness, you know, the world is changing so fast. I thought it was interesting that when the Academy Awards were announced, uh, Emma Stone got an Oscar nomination best actress for a movie called Poor Things. I haven't seen it yet, but I read the synopsis and it's it's so it speaks so, it's so aquarian especially Pluto in Aquarius. She the the nominations were announced when Pluto is back at 0 degrees. And remember I said watch what happens between January 21st and February 21st when Pluto just for your time zone when Pluto is in 0 Aquarius well, here's this woman who gets nominated, and it's this kind of feminist Frankenstein type story. I I don't want to, you know, say much more about it, but she, um, you know, she she plays this woman who has a new brain. It's like this Dr. Frankenstein type figure, Dr. Godwin, Godwin, right? (laughs) And he, they call him God, I think for short, but anyway, very interesting, right? So there's this there's the Frankenstein archetype, which of course, when Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, she was born when Pluto was last in Aquarius, 29 degrees of Aquarius. So it was very telling, which is another critical degree, right? So here we are back in Pluto and Aquarius, and we've got Emma Stone playing this figure of this person who comes back to life. He puts a new brain in this woman and all the everything that happens to her and and she is this it's an un, it's a little baby a newborn baby the brain that he puts in into her body she commits suicide not giving anything away but she commits suicide and he he brings her back to life with this new brain and then everything that happens that unfolds, but it's a a huge movie about feminine empowerment. But it's also this whole idea of this resurrection, this Pluto and Aquarius resurrection, you know, being this this new life that that comes to life that's artificial, like, right? You, You take somebody's brain and you're modifying someone. And speaking of brains, what happened today, Elon Musk, announced that the first human has been implanted with a a chip in their brain not the chip from like 2015 20, 20 years ago where it was like a little RFID chip that was kind of like a little grain of rice that people were there were some experiments of putting it in like people's hands this is in somebody's brain this is like he's like the first human to receive a chip in their brain happened today like okay or it's announced today and the chip is huge as you go see this thing it's like the size of a quarter it's just it's this big clunky thing and of course it's always for the betterment aquarian energy right we have we want to better humanity so it was they're experimenting with people putting this chip in having surgery brain surgery to have this in but they're uh, quadriplegics so it, they're testing and experimenting with how this could help them where they would think and their thoughts about like say picking up the phone or making a call are transmitted into action. So it's like, and he calls it telepathy. This is Elon Musk calling this new chip and program telepathy. So, wow, right? Yeah, kind of scary using Aquarian energy for telepathy. Wait till March, um, May 25th when Jupiter enters the mind sign, Gemini, Jupiter and Gemini making an exact trine with Pluto. So I think more is gonna follow. And that's one of the big days and I will be, I haven't gotten into it yet, but I'm going to be talking about big important dates to watch out for for the rest of the year. Certainly when Pluto went into zero Aquarius last week was one of them. And then we're gonna see this repeated again in the end of May when Jupiter is at that zero degree of Gemini a lot, right? It's like, okay, let's all take a moment and breathe. I'm trying to do things differently. <laughs> so, not like da, 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 da. Okay, Elon Musk, Emma Stone, zero, we're seeing it around us. Keep looking, folks. Keep looking. It's it's everywhere. But this this brave new world, you know, to quote Aldous Huxley, Pluto, that tollgate. Each of these planets passing through. Um, Where we, you know, we're, we're with that Pluto tollgate <laughs> at zero degrees. He's like saying, and we have to ask ourselves: Are, are we free? Are we really free? Uh, we have to look at our shadow to be free. Um, do these things give us freedom, or are they um, put in place by like conditions of society? Very Capricornian thing. Okay, so we have Mercury, February 5th, Mercury is gonna meet up, right? That could also give like sudden flashes of insight, right? With with, um, really profoundly um, transformative, maybe a cathartic emotional experience um, regarding the mind, sudden flashes of insights, thinking outside the box, coming from our future selves could be another um, area. Uh, the sixth we have Venus as the South Node ruler in a trine with Uranus. So that Venus is still in Capricorn at that point. And it is like this serious commitment. Venus in the Sun Capricorn is very serious about who she loves and uh, you know, who she hooks up with. And the, but disciplined long-term relationships are certainly in, in, a, in a disciplined, a mature long-term relationships are really highlighted when Venus is in Capricorn. But making that with Uranus, it's like saying, okay, we can look to the past, take the best from the past, but don't be mired in past conditioning. The at Uranus is like, hey, innovate, connect with people in new and different ways, certainly involving the earth, right? Uranus and Taurus being grounded and resilient and practical and, and infusing those qualities into the commitments that we make. Okay, then we've got uh, the sun squares Uranus, February 8th. Again, more very Uranian, you know, Uranus is the is the modern ruler of Aquarius. Saturn is the traditional ruler. We look at both of those. So there's a lot that's speaking about shaking us up out of our comfort zones, breaking with the past, how we've done things. This is gonna be reflected on February 9th when we've got our new moon in a late degree, 20 degrees of Aquarius. Um, Then Mars will, around the middle of the month, that's when things get pretty spicy because Mars, the warrior Mars, is going to be in the sign of Aquarius. He meets up with Pluto. And so that's like, you you could think of that as, wow, let's, let's go do something. Let's, let's build, let's build a new society. Uh, let's build a conscious community. Let's, um, but we, you know, with, with Pluto there, we, get, we can get a little out of hand. It could get obsessive compulsive. It might be with Mars is impulsiveness and rash, erratic behavior with Aquarian energy. So we have to, you know, be aware that that may come up. Um, then we have on a uh, on um, February 17th, we've got a Venus enters, and here is where we enter into Venus, the goddess of love and desire in an Aquarian in the sign of Aquarius. I just thought for um, two two books I wanted to quote from. One of them is from Osho, and he is uh, great, the great mystic Osho, he was named as one of the greatest, I think it was Time Magazine, like the 100 greatest figures of the 20th century, and he wrote this book called here it is love i last year i brought this up too osho love freedom aloneness the cone of relationships and especially this is such an aquarian topic right so i um i wanted to just read you from a little paragraph here cuz this is the kind of the energy that we're being asked to engage with this month i say to you you are absolutely free unconditionally free don't avoid the responsibility right Aquarius ruled by Saturn don't avoid the responsibility avoiding is not going to help the sooner you accept it the better because immediately you can start creating yourself right the polarity of Aquarius is Leo so Leo ruling creativity and the self right so we we're always looking at the polarity between the two signs and the moment you create yourself great joy arises and when you have completed yourself the way you wanted to there is immense contentment just as when a painter finishes his painting the last touch and a great contentment arises in his heart a job well done brings great peace I love that I'm going to say it again A job well done brings great peace. One feels that one has participated with the whole. The Aquarian energy is always about participate with the whole. What is best for everyone? What benefits you is going to benefit everyone. The only prayer is to be creative because it is only through creativity that you participate in the whole where there is no other way to participate god has not to be thought about you have to participate in some way so the thought the the idea of aquarian energy is mental right air and intellect so you, we can't get stuck in our heads we have to go out there and make something happen this is what i love you cannot be an observer you can only be a participant So you you can't be observing on the sidelines, isolated off to the side, that's not gonna work. Only then will you taste the mystery of it. Creating a painting is nothing. Creating a poem is nothing. Creating music is nothing compared to creating yourself, creating your consciousness, creating your very being. And this, here's when where Pluto comes in. But people have been afraid, and there are reasons to be afraid. The first is that it is risky, because only you are responsible. Secondly, the freedom can be misused, because you can choose the wrong thing to be. Freedom means you can choose the right or the wrong. If you are only free to choose the right, it is not freedom. Then it will be like when Ford made his first cars, they were all black. And he would take his customers into the showroom and tell them, you can choose any color provided it is black. (laughs) But what kind of freedom is this? Provided it is right. Provided it follows the Ten Commandments. As long as you go to the Koran, as long as it's in the Bible, as long as it's in the Koran, as long as it's the Ten Commandments, etc. Buddha, whatever, you know, what is that's not freedom. Freedom basically means, intrinsically means that you are capable of both, either choosing the right or the wrong. That is true freedom. So lots, lots of great stuff here. I highly recommend this book. The other thing I wanted to mention before we wrap up is the the archetype of Aquarian energy to so t- take this with you as as we go through the month, and for that I turn to this wonderful book. One of my first books that was my dear um, star sister gave me Praji and it's called Mythic Astrology: Internalizing the Planetary Powers. And it's Ariel Gutman. She is an amazing. She's a living legend. She's a Jungian astrologer, psychotherapist. Ariel Gutman and Kenneth Johnson. It's, a, it's an incredible reference book anyway what does she have to say this is the myths right the myths and the archetypes there are that are the underpinnings of each of these signs energies so the um she talks about the epic of Gilgamesh so we go back to the times of Babylon and ancient Babylon and the Aquarian and she's talking about Aquarian energy here you know um there's a particular distinction because Aquarius is a human being. It's the water pourer. So it's a human being not as zo- not a, an animal or a scale like Libra, right? It's an actual person. And in the um, she sp- speaks about the epic of Gilgamesh. And in this epic, this human being has a name and a story. So basically it's what it speaks to is Gilgamesh had lost his closest friend. Enkidu, his companion in arms. He wanted to restore him to life. So he goes seeking, Gilgamesh goes to seek the herb of immortality. And the goddess had sent a bull against him. Well, think of the other fixed signs Taurus, the bull. And during his quest, he conquered a pride of lions, Leo, and passed the gateway where scorpion men stood guard, Scorpio, right? So there's all three of those fixed signs um he had to basically he had to master all those things before he could cross the threshold and reach the other world where dwelt the immortal Utnapishtim whom we may recognize as Aquarius Utnapishtim had once been mortal like everyone else but he alone had listened to the divine voices warning of world destruction Utnapishtim built a boat and thus saved himself from the massive flood which came to inundate the world. Utnapishtim, of course, is the Sumerian or Babylonian form of Noah, and the flood story in which he plays such a key role is the prototype of the flood story in Genesis. Obviously, it's a familiar archetype. Because of his obedience to the divine will, Utnapishtim had been granted eternal life, because he obeyed his divine will, or you could say his, your higher self, right, making that sacrifice of the lower egoic driven Leo, right, transcending that and calling forth that higher aspect and was given keeping over the herb of immortality. So this again, you know, um, this is a mythic figure is associated with the flood and with renewal or immortality. So the the archetype of Osiris, Hapi, and Utnapishtim—it's all the same archetype, whichever tradition you you jive with. But this whole thing with the flood—you know—you you don't necessarily have to take that literally. It can also be, when I think about it, it's the flood of information, query, and energy. We are flooded. But you know, God, it just takes me. It seems like I wonder if I wrote down every minute I was scrolling, just my inbox. You know, of, of how many. Emails every day to get through. It's just it can. It's just overwhelming, you know. And of course, to say nothing on <laughs> social media. So that overwhelm, right? That's a flood. The flood of information. And who are we going to be? How do we navigate that? Well, building a boat to me would be kind of like the Matsya Vishnu story. When I talked to S. J. Anderson last month, Matsya Vishnu. It's, it's you know, you build a boat you build up practices that are devotions that build your strength and your presence and your calmness so that when the rough seas happen or flood or whatever you want to call it you have this you are centered and you you, know, you don't die right you move through these um turbulent the turbulence and to move to the other side to a higher evolution um the other thing i want to say about her book she talks about the greeks in the greek Um, tradition, Um, there was a different story about Aquarius. Aquarius was Ganymede. He was a a beautiful Trojan boy, and he was, Zeus, you know, carried him off to Mount Olympus, and he was the cup bearer. So there's the pouring out, right? The um, gods subsisted, according to her book here, the gods subsisted on nectar and ambrosia, and presumably it was ambrosia, which Ganymede poured from his cup. Ambrosia is the same word as the Sanskrit amrita, which means the drink of immortality. So amrit or amrita, right? Um, let's see. I have to uh, talk about electricity and Aquarian energy. Hold on, my okay. I realize my thing is about to helps to put the this in here okay we are back on i want to be losing you there (laughs) anyway so the amrita the drink of immortality i also think of Aquarian energy as it's the nervous system and the breath so from the the time of from 3 a.m to 5 a.m that's um it's called in in the yogic tradition. It's called Amrit Vela, the nectar of bliss, the nectar of time. That time, that time of the uh, day, is when the yogis do their pranayama, because that's the that is just aligned. You know, I would say not just astrologically, but in terms of time and the planet. That's a very that's the um, the time when those the organs of the body and all are aligned with the breath, and so. The concept of the breath being this, like we think about breatharians, that's really Aquarian, right? Being fed on prana, on amrit, and not to get into this detail, but it has to do with in the pituitary and these advanced yogis that that are breatharian, and they reach in Kachari Mudra is one very, very, very advanced uh, uh, yogic. A posture where you are mu- a mudra with the tongue, and you actually can, can contact and make this incredibly, you know, beyond the beyond connection with the divine, amrit that drip. You know, and when when you make that connection, you can you know, these yogis they, they move beyond food, right? They're fed from this higher place. They're fed from divine light, the divine will. The willpower it takes to do these things, right? This is a very ascetic practice. But it, it, this is my point being that the Aquarian season that we are in with all these planets speaking to this place of letting go of the past and embracing and thinking outside the box, re, we could say rewiring our nervous system into this new frequency. Mercury's gonna be there. Mars is gonna let's Mercury's like, let's, let's rewire that brain. Mars is like, yeah, let's get it done. Venus is like, yeah, let's let's connect with others who are who are all you know also considered maybe weirdos for thinking this way, but we're gonna create this new, we're gonna relate to each other on this new frequency. So the Aquarian meaning is always intertwined with this concept of a divine substance which nourishes all life. This substance is variously described as the waters of life, a life-giving herb or a life-giving drink. So yeah, there's more, but you get the idea. Yeah. So life-giving. Yes. What's going to give us freedom? What's going to give us life? We have this enormous chance this month to really explore these topics. I would say, you know, when Mars conjoins with Pluto, that's that's intense, (laughs) you know, just, you know, a warning here, and that's going to, perfect by the middle of the month. That would be on, let's see, uh, February, but happy Valentine's Day. It'll happen around February 13th, 14th, depending on your time zone. So, you know, we have to just watch our obsessions, keep our obsessions in check. And and then of course, Venus gets in the play. The last thing I want to say before I wrap it up is we've got this we, we, of course, we've got our new moon, as I said, at 20 Aquarius, February 9th, February 23rd, 24th, the full moon in Virgo. But what's cool at the end of the month, we're going to have Mercury will go into the sign of Pisces. After he finishes this whole dance, he's going to be in exile. That's not an easy place for Mercury. He's, he'll want to dream and he won't care about facts and details. And, and it's kind of like, whoo, Mercury smoke that big spliff. No. So but what's what's really neat is that would be a great time for writing, certainly poetry and inspiration inspired writing very, very powerful. What's really cool is that we're going to have a triple Kazemi at the end of the month, February 28th. We're going to have the Sun and Saturn and Mercury. Mercury and Saturn are both going to be at the same time in that throne room getting reprogrammed with the Sun. And the sun in Pisces, which would be this, if we think that we've lost hope, that we're despondent, we're depressed, and we feel there's no hope left, our minds are just dejected or rejected. We Maybe we feel like we've been duped, we've kidded ourselves, or others have taken advantage of us, Pisces, right? Delusion, fantasy. And sometimes it's like, oh, The thing i really believed in was just a fantasy and that we could feel really dejected when it comes into that kazimi there's this reprogramming this is like the light of the divine is saying no have hope forgive yourself have compassion for yourself your mind is a good mind you are a great writer don't believe all the programming that has you believe otherwise that has you feel lesser than, for example. With Saturn there, it's like, yes, it's time to take those beautiful, uh, amazing dreams and visions that you have or your writing skills and let's formulate a plan, Saturn, right? Let's formulate some kind of, let's bring this into fruition. Let's apply ourselves and use our discipline and focus and time management in the in, to advance and do whatever sacrifice we have to do to create this great art. Now, take good care of yourself. Don't don't burn out. But the sun re- giving, standing in the rays of that kazemi, the sun is saying, "Yes, we will." You know, here's when we get reprogrammed and cleansed and purified, so that we get that jolt, and then we can go outside, back out in the world, and you're we're renewed. You know, we're just we're like a new person. We're full of that the fullness of this the Piscean sun. You know, there is hope and there is compassion and there is mercy and there is forgiveness. So yeah, something to look forward to um, at the end of the month. And I I would highly recommend that if you feel you are creative or thought you didn't believe in yourself, if you didn't believe in your creative skills, writing, communicating, teaching, any kind of sharing information, this is that a great reprogramming moment you know, with, with Saturn there, That's like, it's pretty epic, so yeah, we end the month on that beautiful triple Kazemi, so it's that Aquarian journey, and then into this um, transcendent, transcendental other world with the Mercury-Saturn-Kazemi, so this, this is a lot, um, but I, I just hope that this information hopefully has been of use to you, um, so let me know, I'd love to hear what what your plans are or how you feel about this month coming up. Leave your comments below. We love hearing from you. i read every one of them. And um, anyway, I hope you have a fantastic February. Uh, Much love to you all. Yay. And remember, be weird. All right, my hair's kind of calmed down there, but uh, it was like, you know, like if you have an alfalfa hair, you know, sticking up, it's okay. This is the month to let it rip. You want to look like Alfred E. Newman? Go right ahead. He was that to me is like the weirdest of the weird. <laughs> Remember the mad magazine? Oh my God. Anyway, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Just put on your freak flag and let that fro. Let that fly. <laughs> anyway, okay, you guys have a great one and we'll talk soon. This is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, StarsoundAstrology.com. And um, thank you all for listening. Namaste.